It's a very unique situation. It wasn't a number one record, but what has happened to the song and the way the world has embraced it is absolutely astounding. A quote from Daryl Hall of Daryl Hall and John Oates, more commonly known as Hall and Oates. Here, he is commenting on the surprise resurgence of the fourth single from their ninth studio album, Voices, released in 1980. The pop rock duo are no strangers to having a hot single. 29 of the 33 singles they've released over their career charted on the Billboard Hot 100, with six of those songs hitting the coveted number one status. The previous quote from Hall might lead you to believe that this week's song is one of the few that didn't chart, but it still hit number five on the billboards when it launched as a single in 1981. The song was always a success, but its initial warm reception is nothing compared to its current state of popularity. The single generally holds the top spot on their most streamed songs, knocked to second place at the time of this recording by Hall's version of Jingle Bell Rock in the aftermath of the holiday season. The reason for the song's newfound success in the streaming age? The duo points the finger at Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his sweet, sweet dance moves. I really believe it was 500 Days of Summer. I knew this song was being used in the movie, but I had no idea how. Then my wife and my son and I were walking around California one day. There was a movie theater, so I said, let's go in and see it. It was the middle of the afternoon, so I remember it was just us and a few teenage girls in the theater. And as soon as the dance scene began, the girls started clapping and cheering. It was a totally spontaneous, emotional response, and I thought, wow, this is unusual. So that was an indication to me that something was happening, said John Oates. 500 Days of Summer is far from the only film to use the song, but the film's dance number put the single front and forward and cemented the song in the modern popular consciousness. From films to advertisements to Kermit the Frog's performance on The Masked Singer, the Hall & Oates classic is everywhere, and the duo behind the hit still can't get enough of it. Hall lists the song as one of his top five Hall & Oates tracks. It's funny. It's ubiquitous, especially now. I think because it's such a happy song, just a pure expression of joy. And it's set to a really old-time gospel kind of groove. The fact that they use it in a pivotal scene in 500 Days of Summer? I'm very flattered. That's right. We're talking You Make My Dreams Come True by Daryl Hall and John Oates on Lover Me. That's right, it's Lover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which version can laugh it in the face. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my hard-to-handle co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing alright. Keeping it together? I say that probably a lot. I only have Not so many lines. Keeping it together. Give us the theremin update. What's, what's new? Uh, still painting, still painting and staining. Still painting. Painting and staining. Um, so it's it's all it's all painting staining game at this point. I just like like the woods all together in box form. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be colored, basically. Shit, Alex, get on it. Yeah, I know. It's just you know you gotta paint it, and then you got to gotta dry, and you gotta do another coat or whatever, and then like plus I'm doing this all at my parents' place, so it's like right. we have one has to be free and. Right. Do you ever think about painting it like a you know like a custom van? <laughs> like doing like a really detailed like drawing of a winged something yeah and then like maybe uh, like a lady with her titties out or something dep- yeah. depending on the van like you know right yeah of course I, i'm actually i'm staining it so it's gonna be wood grain but hmm. uh i'll cons- yeah i mean i'm painting parts of it because like the wood cracked a bit and right. just a bunch yeah, of yeah. filler so it would look awful if i stained it i think you've mentioned this um and 
We could paint that part. We could paint some paint some uh we're looking forward to it alex looking forward to seeing this final result Maybe. definitely paint Probably some titties not. on it that does it for our first segment thera minute we're thera gonna talk minute. about the thera for a minute um alex before we even talk about the song have you seen the movie 500 days of summer because i have not no i haven't i saw i i when i was searching uh youtube for music videos um mm-hmm. i the scene came up and i watched like a bit of it yeah it's uh he dances. <laughs> he dances. Uh, eventually, more people come in. It's yeah. you probably missed that. It's like a whole. I, I stopped when other people started dancing. I was like, I get right. it. Right. Yeah, and it, like a flash mob. I guess those were big in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine when this came out. Yeah, I remember the movie coming out. I do remember that as well. Um, my partner Greta uh, liked the movie when it came out, and she knew the song from that. Um, she told me some of the plot of it. So Summer is the name of the woman he's he's dating. Okay. For not not 500 days consecutively, but 500 days total, I guess. And right. what happens at the end of the film, she told me this, and it wasn't a joke, no word of a lie. They break up, and then what happens is this other woman meets him. He has like a meet cute with another woman, and she says, Hi, my name's Autumn. And then the movie ends. Okay. Boo. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, right? <laughs> Um, I, I, I guess, I don't know. It's a bit cornball, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's a bit cornball. I, mean, I maybe will say, I, I wonder if, I don't know, are, are, are rom-coms supposed to be a bit cornball sometimes? I, I guess, are, yeah. I, I don't. Is there a limit? Is there, much. is there too much cornball in this that you can have? You probably love rom-coms, Alice. You don't have to hide on this show. I mean, I don't watch a lot of movies. You've seen Christian Mingle. You've seen. I've seen Christian uh, Mingle. <laughs> the entire Christmas Prince series. That, uh, the entire Christmas Prince series. You know, um, you seen Hitch with Will Smith. Seen Hitch with Will Smith. You've seen Hitch. Seen probably other movies. You yeah, come on, Alex. You've seen You've Got Mail. Haven't Sleepless seen? in Seattle. I don't you know if you see that. I've seen I've seen You Got Mail. It's a long one. And it's because it is such a classic. It's like, it's like reading Shakespeare. Where you're like, yeah, I get where this is going. <laughs> Everything's like a little too foreshadowing. You're like, oh come on, all right. Is it older? I don't. I don't know. You've got it's like now. 1990. Okay, it's pretty foundational in like modern rom coms. I would argue, but I'm not a film scholar. I'm just a guy it's here to talk about Hall and Oates, Alex, which is also a bit of a cornball song this week. But it's but maybe good. it's Alex, kind of a good thing. What do you think about this song? I mean, the song itself, uh, I would say, uh, on the slap-o-meter, uh, I, would, I would rank it, like, pretty hard. Like, mm, okay. I think it slaps pretty hard. Give me the sound effect for a slap that hard. Uh, I don't have, like, I, I went to the gym this week for the first time in a long time. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have the upper body strength to slap that hard. To slap that hard. Okay. All right. All right. Give me a win with your mouth though. Give me a mouth version. Mouth, a mouth. A ma- okay, so it's it's gonna be like very small, but it, uh-huh. like if you were also small, that's what it'd be like. Like a. <laughs> Fuck! I have to make a sound effect now. Um, okay, now you know what? It would, it would be it would be kind of a pop, I think. Okay. Let's see if I can see if I can do this. But now imagine that scaled up. So like you're underwater, right? Yeah, it's like a it's like a bubble pop, and I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's got because this song. There's I'll get we'll get into it. And because it is very poppy, I love it, Alex. Great sound effect. 
Maybe I'll bump it up in post just just to not make it sound like <laughs> what it sounded like. Just rattle people's ears with it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this song slaps so hard, Alex. I don't know when I came to know it, but yeah, I know that when it really came into my my brain, it stayed there for a long time it was like every day wake up listen to this like 10 times yeah and like i think i knew this song i didn't listen to much hall and oats Mm -hmm. uh probably before you made me a a mix cd with private eyes on it hell yeah um and then last time we did a hall and oats song which was uh, rich Rich Girl. girl um i was just listening to a bunch of hall and oats and i was like holy shit this song fucking goes like yeah dude damn um that's like Hall and Oates is like a lot of their songs I discovered that I knew. It was like like you hear a song and then you'd put a name and artist to it. Right. Ten years later. And you're like, oh, that's Hall and Oates. And like I said in the intro, 29 of 33 singles of theirs were like in the charts, a lot of them high up on the charts. Like these guys were hit makers. Yeah, they had quite a career. And it's not typically how I think of them, but they're fucking monsters in terms of popularity like it's crazy yeah i remember reading something about like uh yeah i don't remember the quote anymore i <laughs> my the story exists in my mind as a concept but i i cannot put it into words sorry okay that's all right which Fair doesn't enough. work for an audio format no way not yet we'll get there at some point in the future but yeah. for right now it'll just have to sit in your brain um but yeah we're talking about you make my dreams. Here's my question for you, Alex. We've talked about thes in, in band names and how how you approach it. Do you say the the or not say the the? Unless you're talking about the the, in which case you say the the. But when it comes to brackets in a song titles, how do you approach it? Is it optional? Is it mandatory? Is it just for search engine optimization? What's your take? Yeah, well, okay. It's complicated. So I almost always say the thing in the brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I say brackets. If I right. can, I do, if, if the situation is appropriate. Um, it is technically optional, but if you don't say the brackets and you're saying the name to me, I'll probably get confused. Mm. I, although there are some songs that have brackets, um, like unnecessarily, if I don't know they're there, obviously, that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, I find... That's my approach to brackets. Brackets are difficult. Like, with this one and with quotes I read from Hall & Oates, uh... They typically don't say the brackets. They just say, you make my dreams. Yeah. The song to them is, you make my dreams. Which I, like, I didn't really think of this song as a as a bracket song. So I was just called it, you make my dreams. Yeah, me too. And I like, I think that's a stronger title than you make my dreams come true. Because yeah, that's like a, just slightly a very less cliche. Yeah, it's very general. Whereas you make my dreams has an odd stop at the end. You go, what the fuck? And that makes it stand out. Yeah, although it also makes it difficult, yeah, to talk about to people mm-hmm. sometimes. Because even though it's it's not that much more, but if you stop and people are like, I don't know that song, and you're like, you know, you make my dreams come true, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that of one. Of course I know that song. Yeah, so it also serves as like a, a, sh- uh, a sort of like, you know, secret nod or handshake in that if people know the song Sans Brackets, I feel like they really know the song. Whereas, like, the brackets tends to be, like, a, a bonus clue. Right. Like, in a quiz game. It's, like, a sh- brackets. A shibboleth. I that would be a good Jeopardy category. Is that a shibboleth? Like, I don't know what a shibboleth is. Mm, I thought you said that to me. Someone else must have. Anyway, don't worry about it too much. I'm worried about it. What is it, Alex? Uh, I think it's, like, uh, uh, 
I'm trying to remember the definition, but I think it normally gets used for like place names that are pronounced weird. Like, so if you're from it, you know how to say it the right way. Distinguishing a particular class of group of people, especially a longstanding one, regarded as outmoded or no longer important. Okay. Yeah, so it can so, something that can identify you as being basically knowledgeable about something. Right, kind of like how if you hear somebody say Calgary instead of Calgary, you know they're an outsider. You yeah, know they're exactly. not from the class that is Calgarians. Yeah, and like it's a ton of like e- e- like ninety percent of towns, small towns in in England that are pronounced weird. You know, have that kind hmm. of thing. Oh yeah, exactly. So that's that's your your sort of geographic version of the shibboleth whereas here is your like art fan version of it or your music fan yeah interesting i like that i'm glad we dived into that um it has thrown me (laughs) off the track entirely though let's just talk about this song let's get into the lyrics because it is like we kind of talked about in that brackets bit a bit cliche like and there is a quote from daryl hall saying exactly that fact when he was writing it because he, he wrote the lyrics to this is my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, well, I tried to come up with something better. And then I just said, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let me see if I can find the quote here because it is. Oh, here we go. Daryl Hall says, there's other names on the credits, but I pretty much wrote the song myself. I was by myself. I started playing that riff on a piano. It just felt good to me. So I started writing the song. The first words that came out of my mouth were, you make my dreams come true. I thought, this is no good. This is such a cliche. I've got to think of something a little more provocative. But after a while, I just went with it. Yeah. And I mean, it's a very earnest song, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, as much as you make my dreams come true is very straightforward, the rest of the song isn't necessarily that, you know. Yeah, There's some clever words in there. They do have a uh, another quote. I don't. I don't think I wrote the quote down. But they talk about how their producer at the time heard this song. He's like, "You guys are trying to be fucking poets now. Like, <laughs> get over yourselves." And yeah, it does have that, but it's kind of presented in a way that like you don't care. Yeah, it's like working man. Po- it's like it's very easy to to get. Yeah, it's, it's just very... like you know, the th- like when you're writing a poem in like high school, and you're like, "Shit, I need a rhyme." I'll flip these two words, mm-hmm. and it's, now it rhymes, or 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 the the meter works better, or whatever. And you're like, "Ah, perfect." But you also said something backwards, that, but you can tell because it's that like, you know, that poetry thing. <laughs> Right, this it's like that. High school, you, you, yeah, like high schoolers think poetry needs to be Yoda speak to be. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Yoda speak. Yeah, somewhere between Yoda and Shakespeare, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's that's a poem, a poem that is. Hey, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's poetry now, baby. Uh, so there's a bit of that in there. Yeah, and I think that plays into the words you brought up, earnestness. I think that's a lot of what sells this song, straight down to the performance, because there's nothing too complex going on here. Full stop. Musically, uh, lyrically, it's all on the surface. It's all there. It's all there. It's not complex by any means, and that's going to be why a lot of cover versions... I struggled to even put together a playlist this week because a lot of it is just a reskin, you know? It's just like, oh, and we're using a different instrument. Uh, I suppose. So it's a little tough this week to get something more compelling, but... Well, I thought you did a pretty good job, honestly. Thank you. I think I found some good ones. Um, shout out to John Oates, who does a cover, because that really helped yeah. uh, <laughs> bump things up. Let's talk about these lyrics, though. What I want, you've got, and it might be hard to handle, but like a flame that burns the candle, the candle feeds the flame. 
Yeah, I I do. I really like that flame that burns the candle. Candle feeds the flame thing. Oh, it's it's really good. It's a good line, <laughs> and it is just that high school flip it, but it works so well here. It's it's like the exception to the rule. It it is a perfectly good line. Yeah, I mean it's the fire. They they can't like the candle's nothing without the flame. It's just a wax stick, and the, yeah. the flame needs the candle to burn like they're they're kind of destroying each other and this song isn't really like that but clearly like the the flame can't ignite without but like it can't exist without both of them yeah and he's saying like you might think that you're like too much but it's like i'm i'm feeding you like i want what you're putting off i want the fire so like it's it's a mutual relationship of giving yeah and it's a candle that's right. And it's so straightforward. Right off the bat, what I want, you've got. We have everything yeah. established in the first line. And then we just got to say it in some kind of poetic ways. Yeah. And what somebody noted on Genius, which I actually think is a good note, is a, a reference to Otis Redding's Hard to Handle. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I knew the song. Didn't, it's not like a, a deep reference necessarily. But no. there do, do seem to be a couple references yeah, because we do get uh, twist and shout yeah. later on, and that's uh, yeah, kind of neat that he just like touches on some other bits of classic music, classic rock, I guess, not really classical music. Yeah, but yeah, like flame that burns the candle, the candle feeds the flame. Boom, easy. That's that's good. I'll never write anything that good. Um, yeah, yeah. What I've got, full stock of thoughts and dreams that scatter, and you pull them all together. And to how, I can't explain. Yeah, in the same way that, I mean, it, the the song kind of feels like everything's just like bursting out. Like he's got he's got to express this. Mm-hmm. He's, he's saying that now. He's got a full stock of like just he's constantly thinking, and he can't like like his thoughts and dreams and everything are just all about that. He's totally focused on this thing, and it's just kind of overwhelming him with feelings i guess and and they're just spilling out which is kind of how the song is presented as well that's true and you do get like a lot of this song is kind of like staccato short phrases yeah and also like half ad libs like is yeah yeah ad lib or is that part of the yeah exactly (laughs) yeah you're right so that is uh it it does really give that image of like overwhelmed a sort of euphoric state yeah but then it all comes to like like because the other person's there Mm -hmm. it, it makes sense and everything is focused yeah though. exactly again very easy way. to understand and it it brings them all together sorry i didn't mean to trot all over you there nope, i'm just uh, I was, enthusiastically I was agreeing <laughs> okay enthusiastic like the song <laughs> like the song um yeah so he's usually a bit of uh you know an unfocused mess as seen here and then you pull them all together and he, he can't explain it and then we get to the chorus oh yeah well you ooh 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 ooh, ooh you making my dreams come true ooh ooh who? Well, oh yeah. Um, and that's we don't need to explain the chorus, do we? I don't think so. All make right. my dreams come true. I mean, that's a pretty. That's. I mean, he didn't even want to keep the line. He thought it was too cliche. He wanted to change <laughs> exactly. It. It's so. It's so well known. Such a part of the human lexicon. We don't need to touch on it. So, verse two. On a night when bad dreams become a screamer, when they're messing with the dreamer, I can laugh it in the face. And that, this is some of the lines where I feel you get that, like, reverse it. Kind of sounds cool, but it's also, like, just flipping things around. Like, laugh it in the face. That's like laughing at something. 
laughing yeah. in the face of some, but like you just kind of switch the words ar- the r- words around, so it doesn't really make sense to laugh it in the face, but you know, it it works in the context of the song. Yeah, sounds good enough, right? But yeah, you would never be like, and, and then I laughed it in the face. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, also, like when they're messing with the dreamer, kind of just like a filler line too in there. You know, this is yeah. The, it really is to fill a, a yeah. rhyme. Like the well, yeah. The the dr- dreams become a screamer when they're messing with the dreamer. Like it does almost feel like they're specifically just trying to not say things in the cliche way, as much as like the chorus is the cliche way. And now it's like mm-hmm. I have nightmares and uh, reaffirm that. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but like it's fine because you're with me and that metaphor of like helping someone through their nightmares as a thing that happens when in this sort of like committed loving relationship uh, you know being able to face the world with someone um, is also kind of a cliche as well yeah so yeah it really is just playing on that like when when negative things happen I now have you know the the courage or the ability or the the joy that I can I can face those things, yeah. Without without issue, he, he goes on to say, "Twist and shout my way out and wrap yourself around me, because I ain't the way you found me, and I'll never be the same." Yeah. So there's your reference, twist and shout, um, and I guess hugging, <laughs> or you know, general intertwining. Yeah, I mean, if Not we're thinking about hugging. a bed, right? I'm imagining, and like you said, in a committed relationship, you often share the same bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like wake up and then, then you're just cuddling. But I guess also in a more loose sense, it's, you know, wrapping them around you in just like a, a metaphorical way to be like, I'm protected by by this relationship. This is quite the opposite of uh, Kiss from a Rose, where he's like, I don't know if this relationship is good. Like, Yeah, there's no doubt in this whatsoever. Yeah. It's just excitement through and through. It's it's a quite a refreshing from a lot of songs we talk about, even for Love or Me, because usually it's just like seeking out love and being like, oh, this love feels really good, but is it good? I don't know. This one's just like, forget all that. It's awesome. You've changed me for the best. It's super good to be here. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, and that is the next part. You, you've changed me and uh, changed forever. Mm-hmm. I'll never be the same. Or at least you won't go back. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then you know, we get the chorus again. You make my dreams come true. And then we get maybe the best line in this. Is it ad lib? Is it part of it? Well, listen to this. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Bum. Ah. Do you know if anyone has used that for like a, you know how radio stations for their own like little uh, like ads, their, what do you call it? Their own drops on their station where it's like Jack FM playing the hits. And then it's like they do like a chain of like eight little snippets from songs right. has anyone ever chucked this part like right in the middle of it just, like, well listen to this and then, and then change you, the song uh, they yeah, must like, have there's no way they haven't they got it right it's too perfect well listen to this so it's got to just he's just saying like listen to the what's gonna happen next year right <laughs> like the, the instrumental break it's yeah, a, and then it's they a just performance like play line some, yeah play some music Breaking the fourth wall, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Or is it supposed to be... My only other interpretation is that the the one, two, the sort of two notes that come after that, is it supposed to be like a heartbeat? That's not what a heartbeat sounds like. Yeah, not really. I mean, not a healthy one. 
<laughs> Listen to this. Dump, dump. Oh, I'm shit. dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun line though. I just think, I mean, and and anyone can use it and be like, "Listen to this," and then just like do a solo, and it happens it's, a couple times. So. It happens only. I'm surprised it only happened a couple times. So it is. It is a fun thing to do. Yeah, it's fun. It's a great little, and yeah, it's tough because we often talk about how you generally shouldn't do the ad libs, but this one is like so highlighted in the song it gets like a whole instrumental break it's tough yeah. to to do without yeah it certainly seems like an ad lib mm-hmm. can't imagine writing that in and then we get to maybe what's the toughest part for me to to translate i'm down on my daydream oh that sleepwalk should be over by now i know yeah what, what i get out of this i mean i think daydreaming and sleepwalking that kind of seem to be the same thing he's just talking mm-hmm. about um what i saw is like hey shouldn't like it feels like the like the honeymoon phase sort of thing right is lasting too long but like it's just so amazing that's what it's like all the time yeah so him being down on it is just like him being in his daydream not him being like daydreams suck or like (laughs) maybe it's a bit of like oh it seems like it shouldn't be this good but it is so yeah that's how i would read oh that sleepwalk should be over by now i know yeah but to be down, I mean, what does it mean to be down in your daydream? <sighs> I guess being down on something and being down with something aren't necessarily the same thing. But I wonder if you're like, I'm fine with this daydream would be the other potential. Yeah. But yeah, you... to be down on something is kind of a negative thing. But it's not really supported by the rest of it. No. So I wonder if we're supposed to read the daydream if it's supposed to be in a negative context as like, his he like daydream is no longer like a thing that he needs to or do. it's not a daydream like right like if it was a daydream if i was sleepwalking it would be over by now it would be over so by now be yeah okay so he has dispelled doubt maybe that this is a, yeah. a fiction of the mind just more reinforcement of of yeah it's it's legit okay yeah that checks out yeah oh that's like he's it, but naturally he's saying that there is like something fictionally great about this like oh that sleepwalk should be over by now if this was just fiction it would be done by now and that's how i know this is better than that better yeah. than a daydream can't be a dream and then chorus baby and we're out yeah a lot of chorus a couple of repeats yeah. i'm waiting for waiting for waiting for waiting ah, yes, for and a bunch of ad-libbing a lot of ad-libbing waiting for you girl um hell yeah what an upper what just pure fucking dopamine <laughs> yeah start to finish and yeah it's good it's a good time and mm-hmm. not just because of the lyrics no also because of the the music. rest of the sounds they make. <laughs> the rest of the sounds um yeah and it is very simple it opens up with it is, that but it's interesting so i wanted mm-hmm. to no hit me with it mentioned because there was another quote and i um see if i have it here um from john oates about yes. writing the music mm. he said it was a through a happy accident a guitar player friend of his and uh i suppose i'll just read it directly through a happy yeah. accident my guitar player friend my guitar player friend of mine and myself were jamming in the dressing room and I started playing a Delta Blues and he started playing a Texas Swing and we put them together and all of a sudden into my head popped, you make my dreams. I just started singing it. I don't know why, but I did. And it sounded really cool and everyone liked it. I love the end of that quote. 
<laughs> My confusion, Alex, I'm not sure if that is in reference to this version or to his solo version in 2011. Oh, when is that? I could see some similarities because that his solo version definitely seems more like that. And I was trying to hear it. Yeah. And I don't know enough about Texas Swing and Delta Blues to really... It does seem to be out of context now that I, I, like, I'm looking at the... Because, yeah, the Wikipedia page um, where they put the quote kind of... it is from of, 2011. Mm-hmm. But on Wikipedia, they stage it like he wrote You Make My Dreams in some serendipitous thing. And then I saw the interview with Daryl Hall and John Oates where Daryl Hall says he wrote it. And I was like, why didn't John Oates say anything if he actually yeah. wrote it? It's very confusing. No, I'm reading the interview and it looks like it's in the context of that cover. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, as interesting as, as that quote is, I... I did have it does seem to be taken out of context yeah but i will say that there is some uh like in that quote i read about daryl hall calling this one of his top fives he says that has a really old time gospel kind of groove which isn't that far removed from delta or texas swing i think yeah i mean that's kind of it's, it's the right geography right yeah and i think john oates's translation of it into that sort of style isn't a isn't a massive leap and no, it, it makes sense that it comes from them like when I was listening to some Texas swing, mm-hmm. it definitely has that really strong like boom ba boom ba boom yeah. ba boom rude bum, octave bum. baby is yeah <laughs> which like that's like the keys bum, ba, da, ba, ba, ba. yeah and that's the bass too a lot of this is just simple rhythm that um you know just supports Daryl Hall going wild and yeah and he does on his Yamaha CP30. Yes, a sort of rare model of Yamaha, as it turns out, but not a popular one. Not like rare and cool, like rare and junky. Um, you can still you can get them. They're like five to seven hundred dollars, probably used. Yeah, he said he got one for four hundred dollars when after his. So the quote he says here: "It's a very unusual edition of a Yamaha called the Yamaha CP30. There were very few of them made, and it wasn't out for very long. Over the years, mine got destroyed, and I cannot duplicate that sound other than with the actual instrument. So I had to search and search until quite recently." I found one. He says he got it for $400. Yeah, and that interview was in 2021, so... Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I looked it up. It's a, it's, it's an electric piano. Mm-hmm. Um, they call it a suitcase piano, and I think the reason is, like, it comes with this big metal case with a handle on it, and you can, like, put okay. it in. And it's a suitcase, but it's, like, a meter and a half long. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's massive, and it's an entire piano. So it is technically portable, but you... Yeah, it's not light. Yeah, is that uh, the one featured in the music video? Um, yes, but they kind of cover it up, I think. Yeah, it was tough for me to know if that was really, because you really only get um, close-up shots on it. But yeah, the like brown, you can kind of see. I believe it's the same one. Okay, yeah, right on. Um, but... Yes, I looked it up. Um, it has four settings. Piano one, piano two, piano three, and harpsichord. So I think this is on harpsichord sound. <laughs> harpsichord. They should just change that to "You Make My Dreams." The last yeah. mode <laughs> <laughs> for the reissue. Yeah, definitely. I wonder. This probably like a, a plug-in or something. Yamaha. Probably CD30. somebody has at least a recreation. Yeah, recreate that noise. Um, very cool though that it's like this weird, like random Yamaha like, that really wasn't that big of a Yamaha. deal. <laughs> Yeah, because the sound on that is iconic. For that part, yeah, and it's so, like, I mean, the rest of the song kind of has that sound, too, but mm-hmm. it's such, so much this, like, pop, you know? Yeah. It really, really comes out every time, like, the attack on it really pops. Um, And it also, I guess, 
um, the drums is where I noticed this more. Um, but the rest of it kind of has that like muted sound at the end. Like the, the decay is really mm-hmm. fast. So to me, it really feels like the music feels as excited as the lyrics are. Yeah, it all has like a very staccato pattern to it where it like comes on fast with the attack and then leaves pretty quick. Yeah, and there's this aspect of it like kind of holding back a little bit because like to spill out the excitement fully would just like you just melt, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to hold back a little bit, but, you, but you're just trying to get this excitement out. But, you That's know, right. your like mouth or your your emotion faucet is only so big so like you can't not hold back a bit yeah exactly and it's, it's so it comes out in kind of like a big burst it's like boom, 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 yeah. Boom, 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 boom. yeah it's uh and they find a really bouncy rhythm that and yeah it carries that energy it carries that excitement and like it sets it up and then it's like done basically <laughs> like it's pretty steady throughout the three minutes of this song yeah pretty much the other thing i liked about it i mean the the uh, keys set up the dun, 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 you know jumping um, mm-hmm. but then once once the bass and guitar come in they kind of join in but like the bass plays the low part and then the guitar yeah. plays the high part so like they're kind of trading back and forth and the EP's playing the same thing yeah so everyone's on the same page oh for fuck's sake um, alright what were we talking about sorry folks I if, depending on how I edit this I just got cut off by some fucking idiot truckers honking out the window alex what were we talking about what were we talking about um we were talking about the music generally we talked about how they set up the groove yes um and then kind of sit with it i mean the the big differences is i guess it does a few like cut dropouts and stuff like that's how it gets into the verses yeah dun, dun. even yeah at the start that's how you get into the first yeah. verse and then what i want Dun, 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 dun. And it just kind of like gets back right, right back into how it was before. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you do yeah. get like small transitions, but it all takes you back to that that root octave um, rhythm. And there's one. There's a new guitar part in the verse. It's like quite overdriven. It's not like huge yeah. distortion or anything. Um, I'm trying to remember what it does now. Um, in second verse or the first verse. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you get like some light like licks and noodling. Yeah. And we can't discount Daryl yeah. Hall's voice, you know? There's something about his voice, particularly in this song. It also ha- almost has like the quality of a trumpet. Like it's very high and clear. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, we can't discount it at all because it sells so much of the song. He's got the support of like a great rhythm section with a bit of a bit of guitar licks in the mix, but that can only go so far, as we'll find in some other versions. But like his voice sells this. Yeah, you're right. He does this high and clear stuff. Good range on him in this. Because he'll yeah, go. I'm trying to remember. I, I never. I didn't find the quote. But there's a quote about him being a very good singer. Do you remember that? Did we talk about um, that before? I don't Probably. remember what it is now. We can make our own quote right now. Yeah. Daryl Hall is a very good, good singer. singer. It was like someone talking about like working in the studio. I mean, like, Daryl Hall was the best singer I ever worked with or something like that. Right. I, oh, fuck. I, I wish don't I remember, remember the now. Quote. Uh, but he's good at singing. That's the point. Yeah, he's nuts. Um. What else? I mean, we talked about the... Um, 
cutting out before the verse and that happens before both verses yeah but i do like the way that the verse just flows right into the chorus like you can hardly tell oh, yeah it's almost like a refrain section mm-hmm. um but then you do get those backups coming in and that's pretty significant too the yeah yeah john oates doing the backup vocals i think others in the band because that's like another hook right there yeah that's uh daryl hall john oates and john siegler doing the backing vocals john siegler also plays the bass Ooh, bassist bassists who sing what get out of here yeah, the other big point to mention is that instrumental break that comes after, listen to this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. Yes, it's pretty brief, though. Um, yeah, brief, simple, and then it leads us into that. Oh, uh, that, that, there's the muted strum thing. Yeah, that comes in, and it's it's silly to bring it up because it is so small and brief, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of stuff, like a- any little thing that happens in this part is kind of significant because it's just mm-hmm. like little bursts here and there. Yeah. <sighs> and then the bridge which yeah also very exciting um i do kind of like what the, i think the, the one of the biggest distinguishing parts of the bridge i think i mean the chords change a bit but um the backup vocals change because before they're doing the who 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 yeah hoo. so before they're doing like ooh and mm-hmm. short and now they're doing ah and long which is like the opposite end of the spectrum of backup singing, really. That's right. They <laughs> covered the full spectrum, one extreme to the other. Yeah. So it's all extremes. And yeah, now it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, continue it like, ah, uh, with the, you know. You're right. Yeah, they do like the, the kind of fill that is sometimes reduced to a synth roll these days, but they do it manually. The old vocals. The old The old pipes. Right. And then he goes up real high when he comes back in. Yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah, what a range on this guy. Yeah, um, and that's at, all kind of the part of the like ad libby nature of now it's the outro. And it's another song. I feel like we haven't done a song like this in a while. Mm-hmm. Where like the bulk of the song is done in the first half to two yeah. thirds, and then it's just like outro for a long time. Yeah, they do it's yeah, it's a basically two thirds is the song versus even the bridge is kind of covered in that and then you get a minute of outro give or take and yeah they're just excited the whole time and so am i so am i let me tell you and i want like it's a it's a song that i wonder like if it was much longer if it would be too much i don't know it's he starts to get into some some weird stuff at the end of those minutes he's like hang on what's he say here i said something about like at night or you know something weird like that he starts going off so yeah i do wonder what the the, the original length was in the studio Been waiting for waiting for you girl but yeah it makes such a ugh, it's, it makes it easier to loop i think that fade out you're like well, let's just do it again yeah i could i could loop the song I could listen to this song like you said 10 times you know 10 times when you yeah. wake up yeah, it used to just be like my morning Straight routine. I was dome. like, let's fucking get all this freaking You Make My Dreams in my dome. What a great track. Um, let's talk about the the also very simple music video. Not a lot to say about this. Yeah. It no, does feel of... like the kind of like you have to have a music video kind of music video. Yeah, this was like, was it 1980? So like this is just the start of music videos, right? 
mm-hmm. or, or as a thing that is like pretty much required. Yeah. And it's just them and the band in a blank space. And just, you know, they're, uh, and not to discredit this, as somebody who has made one music video, it is very difficult to sync sound to performance. And they've done a great job here. It's pretty seamless, but... Uh, uh, I swear there was a time where it came out of sync, but that might have been like a YouTube issue. Mm. I thought the beginning was rough and then it got better, but I might have just... My connection may have Yeah, let me see that beginning. Because I'm watching it again now, and I remember the kicks being out of sync, but that was... It must have just been a YouTube issue. (laughs) Must have been, because, yeah, I'm looking at those kicks right now. Yeah, they're fine. The keys, like, a little bit, but that might just be that... It's like the sound of a synth and, and the look of keys being hit is a little bit of a disconnect in general. Right. Because there's a very small amount of time. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they're in this, this black space and you got, mm-hmm. uh, you got Daryl Hall in his like blazer and t-shirt probably. Yeah. Uh, and John Oates wearing his like blue, blue t-shirt with his, with his you mustache. Have the, like the rolled up sleeves on the Rolled that up shirt. sleeves, yeah. Are they rolled up? I they just think look like that? so, or do they just have like a, I don't know what you it's would like call that. like a white that. cuff. Yeah, like a cuff, yeah. Um, or it's rolled up, I don't know. Yeah, hard to say for sure. He's playing his Stratocaster. And yeah. it's a lot of like them leaning into the shot and then like yeah. leaning out. and Or like, there's a bit, Daryl Hall's in front and then when they get to the oohs, John Oates moves in the front and does kind of the backup stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, have you seen, in my research for this, I think it was in that 2021 interview, they talk about their music video for She's Gone. No, I didn't see that. You gotta see that music video. <laughs> it's, it's straight up just them, like, sitting in chairs, and the, the, for most of it, and just kind of lip-syncing to the camera, and then, like, when they say She's Gone, a woman will walk by, and then when they say I pay the devil to replace her, the devil walks by, and they, like, throw money in the air. <laughs> It's so good, dude. <laughs> oh, there's like not a good version of it. No, it's like a shitty VHS rip is the only thing you can find of it. Oh, man. But, Th- is that one of their really old ones? I think it is, yeah. Because, yeah, they look different. <laughs> yeah, they look very strange. Uh. uh. But, yeah, so this video is, I mean, it's minimalist. It's... But it's exactly what it needs to be. Like, what they're doing is what I do when I listen to this song. I'm just, yeah, you know... like, kind of sway your hips a little bit. And like, yeah. If there's someone with you, just, like, dance around. Exactly. They're fucking back. These fucking truckers, man. Oh, they're back. They're back. I haven't or heard more of them have arrived. Okay, well, good. Hopefully that, that doesn't come through. But, yeah, that's the music video. I don't think we need to dwell on it too long. No. Great video, though, even though it's it's nothing, but you know what? <laughs> like, that's all you needed. I love this song. Yeah, you just get to see them be excited. Yeah. And we're excited to talk about some cover versions starting in the year 2011 with John Oates. Well, again, yeah, wild to me that it took 30 years to get i mean there's a couple covers but there's not many before this one yeah like it, the first it really one does seem to be songs is 03 yeah and so. like there were some other films that featured this song in it like there was uh, the wedding singer um 2003 i think was actually dumb and dumberer 
And then uh, there was one in 1990 that also, like, it had been in the popular consciousness. So having a cover come out isn't unusual. But, like, yeah, most of these are post uh, 500 Days of Summer, which is just crazy to think that one scene in a movie, like, not even that great of a movie from my understanding. Like, it is, it's, you know, it's not a bad movie, but it's like a B plus maybe at best. Like, that just drove this. significant for a few actors, maybe. Well, yeah, you got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there. You got Zoe Deschanel. Um, I played a bit role in there. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Everyone's in that fucking movie. <laughs> Everybody's in that fucking movie. Um, but yeah, after that, and I mean, this is this is solo John Oates, or you know, John mm-hmm. solo album. Um, thirty years later. Yeah, thirty years later. And this, this is, is that Texas Swing Delta Blues thing. Yeah, Happy Accident. Um, he was jamming in the dressing room. He played a Delta Blues, and then his f- guitarist friend played the Texas Swing, and they put them together. Yeah. So, what does that mean, Texas Swing? Like I mentioned earlier, there's a like pretty heavy like bump 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 mm-hmm. uh, in Texas Swing, and there can be a lot of like finger picking. You know, you put the picks on all your fingers. Not just picking with your fingers, but those oh, okay. finger picks that, like, attach. You turn your fingers them. into picks, yes. Like with a banjo sometimes. Right. Um, and, and Delta Blues, which is, like, that slide guitar, resonator guitar. Mm-hmm. Metallic sound, usually open-tuned and sliding around with a, using a slide thing. And that's yeah. this. There's two guitars in this, and that's pretty much what they do. Yeah, and it really has that like finger picking going on. There's a lot of noodling, a lot of licks happening. Um, with that sort of steady rhythm you talked about, that that Texas swing in the back, backed by a, a walking bass line. And it's like, once again, that's kind of the basic setup mm-hmm. of the song. And other than that, like I mean, they throw in some female backups. Yeah. Make my dreams. There's some cool piano licks too, which I think kind of fit in with the with the genres. This definitely yeah, has more so. of that Americana feel to it. Hundred percent. And so John Oates talks about his solo stuff kind of harkening back to his pre Hall and Oates mm-hmm. um roots. And he also talks about how he's been playing guitar since he was five. Oh. <laughs> That's a lot yeah, he's like so by the time I was like with Daryl Hall, I was a musician for 14 years. And like, he's like, that's most musicians' whole career. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, these guys are like, and I don't think about them as legends, but they are fucking legends. I guess I started learning to play the piano when I was eight, but I didn't keep playing, you know? Yeah, you're not like one of those guys like the Seth Rogen story and he's a comedian, but it's always about how he was like a teenager doing stand up in bars. And it's like that's kind of the John Oates story. It's like he was a child playing in whatever band he could be in. Right. And and then it's like, oh, they won't let you into the bar because you're too young or whatever. Yeah. And so this is the result of that or him coming back to what he was before being a pop rock slash blue eyed soul slash R&B slash fucking you know legendary duo member yeah. of hall and oats one half of um and it's it is interesting i mean all the stuff we already we already mentioned kind of that's like the music track but mm-hmm. he's also singing which he doesn't do a lot in hall and oats song songs. no at least not lead uh and it's quite it's very different it's an mm-hmm. interesting way he sings like 
he kind of sings in like a higher part of his voice. Yeah, and you, what yeah, and times where he goes into falsetto, but mm-hmm. like you just imitated times he like kind of goes into that like vocal fry yeah. sound and like his breath kind of drops out and really I think it would only work very close to the microphone. But mm-hmm. it's, it's an it's an odd sound that I don't think you hear very much. Yeah, I was ready for the vocals to come in and just kind of be like yeehaw, like yeah. <laughs> full on country or something, but that's not what they are. Or something where we'd be like, oh, that's why he, they never let Oates sing. Like, yeah, like he sounds like shit. Or, <laughs> 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 or like, oh yeah, even him getting somebody else in to sing, I wouldn't have been shocked by. But he takes this on himself and he puts on a, a very interesting quality to it. Yeah, it's, definitely much more like delicate. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the whole thing is a lot more laid back. Yeah. Feels take a lot a w- looser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but, like, less euphoria, like, less upbeat, like, pounding energy, and more warmth. Yeah, and, f- and it almost feels like the same relationship 30 years later. Mm-hmm. In, like, yeah, it's, it's established, and, and even though... You're not necessarily acting in the same, you know, excited way. It's still the same feelings. Yeah, it's it just, still is like positive. This still yeah. feels like a good vibe overall, just, but it is relaxed. And you're yeah, very comfortable. Hmm. Um. And I almost feel maybe it's just in my head because I was th- had that in mind, but like it almost feels like he emphasizes. There's a wake up in the morning line. Oh yeah. He does, doesn't he say something where it's like, I, I, I had a line there, I think I he saw. He has a couple. He also has some, like, cheesy stuff. Yeah, uh, I wake up in the morning with you every day, is what he says. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Stuff like that makes me, made me really think of that. And, yeah. like, uh, some other nights, like I said, cheesy lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, every night and day, my dreams come in every way. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. A little, little more cheese in there. Yeah, just a little extra, and... But yeah, overall, this one is like laid back, loose. You get an interesting kind of Americana, Delta Blues, Texas Swing vibe in there with a pretty cool vocal performance. It's not what I expected, but I do really like this version. Yeah, I do too. It's really cool. Yeah, good stuff. Um, And we're going to take a, a real sharp turn from that into to Speedo Gang in 2014. Speedo Gang, which is just like, it's like a, it's a workout mix, right? It is a workout mix. I um, couldn't even is, find Speedo Gang. No, and I looked at their Spotify list. It all seems to be workout mix, mixes, but they do do the vocal work themselves. And like I told you, I was looking for covers that were like a little bit different. And this one had <laughs> enough like instrumentally different right. that it made the final cut. And I'm still not sure if it's a good track. I feel like here's my ultimate opinion. You do not need a workout mix of You Make My Dreams Come True. The yeah. song is already energetic enough, right? It is. Maybe not fast enough, but the thing is, this one, like, normally they have, like, 100 whatever BPM. Yeah. It doesn't have that. No. So, and it says, like, weight weight training on the, the album art. So, I wonder if you're, like, if it's not aerobics, 
Maybe you don't yeah, need. Yeah, you don't BPM, need that uh, to match in the same way. Um, but yeah, it's very. I mean, but honestly, if I'm lifting weights, I don't. I, I don't feel like this music is necessary for lifting weights. That's what I'm no. I think you just need something that gives you energy. You don't need a necessarily a high BPM. Yeah. And the original would definitely energize me. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I have worked out to the original at <laughs> least once. Like, <laughs> But we get this in here, and it starts out with uh, the backing vocals is sort of the big thing. You get the Boots and Cats, a little, like, synth rundown, and then the backing vocals. <laughs> That increase in intensity, which yeah, pretty good intro for a for a electronic version. Yeah, it's just like very different, like kind of generic intro to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's like what you do in this in this genre, right? Yeah, I'm pretty down on this version. I'll be honest. I, with you. I think that's fair, Alex. And I uh, like I, I introduced it as like a version that's not really that good, but it's it was different enough to to make the cut. Yeah. Um, uh, the lots of like synths and synth sweeps and stuff. Like you said, they're fading in. Who, 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 who? As mm-hmm. the synth goes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I guess yeah. what this version made me crave is a more of an electronic version, like a dance version. Yeah. Something that is, I would say, more so than this one, like emotionally motivated. Yes. This is really just like we put it to the beat, right? And like we made it so that it goes. <laughs> yes. And we, we made things punch a little harder. But Which, it's. I mean, they kind of changed it in that before, you know, you had the bep, bep, you kind of accented the backbeat, but now they're really pushing the the downbeat hard. Yeah, they've kind of like flatlined the song in a way where everything is just hitting the high constantly, so nothing feels high. <laughs> I suppose, although the original is pretty consistent on the high, but I know what you mean. It's like overwhelming. Yeah, and if you listen to the vocal performance particularly, which the Daryl Hall version has highs and lows in it that are all high energy but are dynamic in how they approach that energy. But in this one, it's all just, it's all hitting that same range of this guy kind of weakly screaming over these pounding drums. There's no dynamics to his vocals. Yeah, it's kind of like... If you were actually like running or something and trying to mm-hmm. sing it, you wouldn't really be able to control your volume all that well. So you'd have to be shouting if you yeah. wanted to get it out at all. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. Um, now I noted that the instrumental bridge is kind of fun. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. It's it is very big. They got and the the bridge part and like instrumental like very big. Hmm. That's what I thought. That's it. And, you know, yeah, their focus was on bigness, but I think they missed They missed out. They, they, they try to artificially make something big that's already huge. And so it ends up feeling smaller. Yeah. So it's a pretty standard workout mix. Yeah, guess, pretty standard. If you're into that kind of thing. It's a little weird. Uh, maybe this is normal. It, like, goes... The end is weird. Like, the drums just run for a while, and then there's this synth arpeggio. And yeah, drums for a bit, and it just kind of like, I don't know if you're supposed to fade into the next song there or what. Yeah, if that's like a crossfade, and you yeah. just giving you some time to like not just cut it off and go to mm-hmm. the next thing. That is what I'll say, and here's an idea I've had for if we ever need like a, a weird episode to do. 
all the workout covers we've talked about, we should put on a playlist and both separately work out to it and and take it from that angle, right? See how it, see how it works. See how it works? Yeah, maybe. It's hard not to move to that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like on a very base level, I'm sure it's going to function, but I, uh, the question will be, does it improve our workout versus listening to just what we would regularly listen to? We got to go scientific. Yeah. We got to go science on it. Um. Look forward to that sometime in the future, folks. Uh, but coming up right in the immediate future is the DeLorean Sisters in 2015. You make my dreams come true. Well, 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 you. You make my dreams come true. The DeLorean Sisters from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn, yeah. Um, their whole thing, they do originals now, but they started out by turning 80s pop hits into alt-country and Americana sort of tunes. Yeah, so they'll play it with uh, a couple guitars. Um, they don't have a violin player, which surprised me a bit, but they do have a banjo player. Yeah, and an ukulele. Ukulele. And uh, one person is credited with haulers. <laughs> oh, were they? I didn't see that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just seeing that now. I copied and pasted their uh, their personnel from their Fire. website. Hollers, Gary. Hollers, um, and this one is like uh, oh, Clive Thompson is credited with hoots. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I guess we got Gary Lowry on Hollers and Clive Thompson on hoots. Okay, hoots and Hollers. Okay, That's funny. Let's I think see. I feel like maybe that is a joke. You know what? I think you you may be right. Doggone it! You they Gosh, got us. Gun it. They got us again, you bastards. So these uh, guys seem all right. They're just kind of like your charming. Little cover group that got bigger because people liked them. Um, that's the that's, dream, baby. That's the dream. That said, my problem always with these two lead singer versions is we lose the heart. We lose the heart of the 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 emotion of the lyrics. Yeah, this one I I, I thought it had a decent feel. Like, so I I agree. I think. But I think it's maybe more different. Like, to me, this is more of, like, it's a similar romantic story. Mm-hmm. But perhaps this is, like, spying someone from across the the dance at the whatever, the, like, Hootenanny. Mm. Across the, I'm trying to think, I, I can see the building. I don't know what it is. I think it's a bar that's all wood. Okay. A maybe saloon. it's a barn. Mm. I don't know. Uh, so everyone's do-si-doing. You know, you lift in the dresses a bit so you, their boots can move freely. Okay. That kind of okay. thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, so it's the, a little it's... more wistful, I thought. Okay, um, yeah. It might even be unrequited. Mm. Uh, perhaps in, in this context. I wonder uh, if you can have this be unrequited. I, I don't know. I'd uh, say lyrically impossible to support. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But it almost had that feeling. Except for, I guess, the start where he says what I want you got. Or there's the, the idea that maybe he doesn't have it. But as the lyrics yeah. progress, it seems pretty clear he's got it. Depending on how you interpret the daydream lines, yeah. might be able to push it, but okay. I, I generally wouldn't interpret it. It's that. a stretch, and we're going to talk in a couple songs here about somebody who tries to do the dark twist on it. I also think that's a stretch. Yeah. But this one, uh, I guess we don't really talk about the music that much. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty because, typical. Like... That the, we talked about how the Texas swing fits pretty mm. well, and they kind of have a similar, like, similar rhythm going on, and yeah. with the guitars. Um, but yeah, it's so a little less intimate feeling than like when John Oates was singing it. Yeah, like said, 
they got the harmonization thing going on. Yeah, maybe this is just supposed to be the kind of like hootenanny like coverall love song. So it's like people are on the dance floor. It's for the unrequited love. It's for the people dancing on the floor together. And and it's for it's just for everybody, right? It's uh it's watered down for the the hootenanny. Yeah, which is how I felt about it. It's maybe not as it's not the same level of excitement, but. I think in in the right context, you know. I think you're right. I think if I heard this live, I would be I'd be sitting down in in the barn or bar and and smiling at the very least. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, that works. Oh uh, yeah, you guys are you guys are doing all right. Because sometimes that is all a cover is is just to let you know that the band that you're listening to also likes good music. You're like, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck we like yeah. the same song as you exactly. And then you feel a little closer to them. Mm-hmm. It's a little a little performance trick. Yeah, and this one just also has like. You know, a kind of country-ish. Yeah, I didn't actually. I, I don't really know what alt country means specifically. It doesn't. It's it's old school. You know, it's, it, not it's country that sounds like smashing like pumpkins. Modern pop country, <laughs> uh, but definitely like kind of bluegrassy. I guess I'd call anything with a banjo bluegrass. Blue, yeah, it leans that way. Yeah, it's so it's kind of like I like just Chicken. chill country is what I found from this. Like chill yeehaw instruments going on. You get your banjo. You get some ukulele. Yeah. A classic yeehaw instrument. Um, and these are the first guys to do the uh, listen to this solo move. Good move. Right. They do have a solo. I didn't write it down. Around 140. Yeah, and it's like a picking on solo. Yeah. Because they're picking. They're picking on, on for strings. sure. But that's how this song made me feel. Yeah. It's kind of like... Pfft forgettable it's not the worst it's not the best not uh yeah but it generally works mm-hmm. it also made me think of way back when we talked about i think the band was backcountry and their cover of uh boys of summer you know i think the band was front country front country that's it that makes sense um yeah and that one rips i love that cover of boys of summer still but yeah. uh so it kind of like and, you know, when it makes me think of something that is good, but it's not as good as that thing, it's kind of game over there. Sorry, the Dolorean sisters. Fair enough. Close, but not quite. Close, but not quite. Next time. Exactly. Um, next up for us, though, unless you got anything else to say, Alex. No. Nope. We're talking about a man who believes that Jesus is for real. Tyrone Wells in 2016. Oh, now you make my dreams come true. Oh, I didn't make it that far in his in his third person written bio. No, I only went to his. Uh, are you talking about uh, on his Wikipedia page? Oh no, I just read from his bio on his. Uh, oh fuck, I forgot. To, I opened his website. I forgot to. So he's a singer songwriter from Spokane in uh, Washington. Spokane, Washington, the place that I have been to. Or I through. feel like I've been there too, or through. Um, he used to work at TJ Maxx in the, in the ladies department. Wow. He was the head of the ladies department. In Spokane, wow. Wow. So uh, he's a guy who singers and songwriters for a band that I forgot to write down, but he also does solo stuff. Uh, Warhol and Royal Deluxe. And Warhol. And he's the lead vocalist of the duo Oh the Larceny. Oh the Larceny. Which, and this um, is he. Yeah, this, this is, is he. And this is one of the sadder sounding, maybe darker versions. 
Yeah, it goes for more of that, like, uh, intimate take, maybe, is my guess. It doesn't hit darkness, but yeah, maybe sadness. Yeah, I, I, I said it's a bit sad, I think. I mean, you did say it just, uh, uh, like, ten seconds ago. Yes, but in my notes, I also wrote it down, so I have evidence. Right. Um, what do you think of this one? I think it had a... It, it fucked up. Here's here's my, my thought. Okay. Because right near the end, we get this really... Like, right at the close, we get a kind of amped-up section where things start to pick up a lot. It's a lot of people, yeah. A lot of harmonies. Yeah, all, all these ooh-oohs, this big build. Do you need that about two minutes earlier? <laughs> yeah. I definitely felt that about a couple of them where they were like... Like, they kind of do, you know, your classic build... Mm-hmm. Start low, and then by the end, it's huge, which is or or bigger, which is fine, but it's less appropriate in this song, I think. Yeah, the, fact that the original is like all out right from the start is kind of important. I, you wouldn't have to do it, but if you start too low, you lose some of that energy. Yeah, and this one I think does lose it in in the beginning. It really does. There is a slow build, and I will say that I like where the instrumentation ends up. I think there's some good, rich instruments. I like the bits of piano. I like the strings, but it—you're right—it doesn't get there quick enough. Like it is just not there at the start. Yeah, and I—I was having trouble with this one because I—I mean, we we talked about our our uh, what is it end of the year. Spotify rap stuff. Mm-hmm. You you heard my my genres, my top genres. It was all like indie rock stuff. Yeah, I'm a little down on <laughs> on the genre at the moment, just because I I could had listened to too much of it last year. I'm like, yeah, it's this again. Maybe I wouldn't call this guy indie rock though. What would you call it? I don't know. I it's it leans closer to what I view as like a pop singer songwriter approach. I guess I rock is not. I guess I would say that understated. Yeah, you Sounds. could call it an indie darling, and I would I would give you that, but I would sure. imagine that people like it. It's a little on the the twee side of things, is maybe yeah. what you're getting at. I just I think I just need a break, so I was having trouble like thinking of how I actually felt about it. Yeah, I think I but I think the approach that he takes is yeah a little too in the uh, in the zeitgeist, or at least what was the zeitgeist in 2016, and still kind of is, but it. It needs a second half to it that never comes. Because it needs him to, like, go to, like, the, the operatic, you raise me up! Like, like I need... the next level. Like, they raised yeah. a certain point if they had slid that back and then gone somewhere else, maybe. Yeah, because there is the idea present even in the original. Like, he's talking about how great this person is. They make their dreams come true. So you can take the real, like, super self-important, like like take on that where it's like you are my rock and you you know you raise me up so I can walk on mountains like really build this person up and use this like punching vocal performance you know boring from opera to sell us that give me something meatloaf-esque give me something <laughs> with a little uh, theater to it not easy not easy but he sets us up for that and then denies us that by putting all of the build right at the end with a sort of like half-baked ooh section Yeah, and you think uh, with all those people, you could make something pretty big. Yeah, I pretty think exciting sounding. I think there is like merit in this version. I think it's just wasted. I think he wastes what are 
some pretty good uh, like musical ideas. Like I think the instrumentation, like the choice of instruments, basically is is good. And like, just give me something, give me something with a little more to it. Yeah, and I'm surprised. Like, he's got violins in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a weird way of saying that. He's got viol. Is that a weird way of saying? He's got senseless violins in there. Senseless violins. <laughs> um, just for a bit, and I feel like. No, I thought the DeLorean sisters were going to do it, but they don't have a violin player to do the mm-hmm. hoo, 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 hoo Oh, yeah. Violins. Oh, it'd be perfect. Cool. Anyway. And yeah, he, he wastes his listen to this section, which would have been the perfect moment to crank things up. But he just, it like, gets more spacey there. And you go, eh, what the fuck? And you just listen to, like, marching drums for a couple seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sold on the understated delivery. No, I think it was. I think it was a, a like an okay starting point, like you said, risky. But you could have pulled it off if you didn't just bet on that. Not quite. Not quite. Um, so we're going to talk about the next artist, who's similar but different. We got Danielle Prue in 2017. Oh yeah, well, well, you you make my dreams come true. Yes, a, I do yeah. consider this one very similar. So this goes full dark. Where this, as the That's first, true. As the last one was sad, this one is like evil. This is like the real 4TV, like, ooh, it's a dark version of Clifford the Big Red Dog. And, <laughs> and it's most, I mean, yeah, it's mostly like a piano arpeggio that's like stark. Yeah, and then yeah, you get the one low note. Like that's what's going on in this version. Pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean, and also like the album artwork is the candle from the start, but there's but it's out of focus. Yeah, it's Um, uh. And so yeah, she's really pushing into that idea that you kind of brought up in when we were talking about the lyrics, like the the flame eating the candle is theoretically, you know, a parasitic relationship, right? There's yeah, there's evil in there. Um, and then she pulls on that. She pulls on another line that can kind of be, I can't remember which line she kind of like tries to sell as being venomous. I guess just the, you make my dreams come true line. She says, sadly, we're like, we're supposed to pull that this is some monstrous relationship, but it doesn't, doesn't play for me. Yeah. There's not as much this one to me. Yeah. It felt like. In the music, I felt more more longing. Yeah. More desperation. It's like a real, like, again, it, it sounds like 4TV music for me, where, like, we're seeing, yeah, several situations. One's longing, one's somebody just died, another is somebody's cheating on somebody or something. Like, it's, it's all these bullshit yeah. events. You line up at the end of the episode, and you're like, wow, shit got heavy on Clifford the Big Red Dog. We're, so, we're yeah. still working with this one. <laughs> Clifford the Big Dead Dog. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, gritty reboot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Clifford the Big Dead Dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of that. Um, it also has the has the build thing going on. Uh, like it, it really takes into the second verse, and that's where it kind of breaks out, and like the drums really drums come in, and the guitar is strumming. Yeah. The, 
kind of drum rolly sound similar one and then the the way they do the backup vocals where it's just this like you 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 yeah it's like on a vocoder or something it sounds like yeah it's like a sample i think yeah it must just be a sampler for a voice you you uh and just like sometimes it plays in transition sometimes it plays when she says the word you 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 um but yeah that's what i i agree it's not totally I'm not totally on board with it, but I think, to me at least, compared to the previous one, it at least, um, it made me, it had some level of, like, it got something across to me. It got a feeling across. Yeah, I think if music is communication, I think Daniel Prue does a better idea of communicating her idea. Yeah. I just don't like her idea, I think. I think it's uh, poorly supported. Like, if it was an academic essay, I'd be like, your evidence is, isn't there. Like, the words are great, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the evidence falls flat. Yeah, it's like, it's a great take, but here's the thing. It's wrong. <laughs> it's ultimately what it comes down to. Um, yeah, I, I would say she she lands her mark better than Tyrone Wells does. Um, and speaking of people who somehow know... This isn't a good transition. None of these things are true. Um, but we're moving along, and we're talking about a, a, a lovely duo we haven't talked about for a long time, because I have like a, a sort of standing ban on this artist coming Yeah, you up. said you were going to take this one off. Um, yeah, I thought so too, but then, like I said, there was so many versions that like didn't bring anything else to the table that they, hey, they scored a spot. It's Pomplamoose in 2018. Yeah, 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 you. It is Pomplamoose. We've talked about them a couple times. Uh, it is primarily the core members are Jack Conti, who is a Patreon, the CEO of Patreon, and Scary Pockets. And he's not—he's he's not the CEO of Scary Scary Pockets, but uh. Uh, and his wife Natalie Dawn. That's right. This is their music project. They are married. They do these sort of soft funk covers. Yeah, that's how I would describe it. Because, and that's why this version is bad. To to get to my final verdict on it quick, you need the hard hit and funk for this. Yeah, what I thought, I mean, I had something very similar to what you said about Tyrone Wells. Mm-hmm. Except, well... What I thought was the first bit until the bridge was mm-hmm. kind of low, like lacking in energy. Yeah, I actually thought it got decent after after you hit the bridge. Okay, um, I think and the... part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. just watching the video, you can see. Like, I feel like Natalie. Someone said, or maybe she decided herself. I don't know. Someone said Natalie, Natalie Dawn, to use her full name for some reason. Because um, mm-hmm. you want her to listen. Yeah, so I, I, I want her to know I'm talking to her. Uh, no, um, someone said, or someone made the decision that she should sing kind of better. No, like, <laughs> like uh, in in the first part, I tr- I don't know why these words are so hard for me to say. In the first part, she's singing low energy, and I don't mm-hmm. think it works. No, because 
once you hear the second part, it's it's much more exciting. Uh, I also think the the backup vocals should be uh, louder in the first. Yes, part, but yeah, it's a lot of underutilization in the first half, and then I just I don't think the second half can save it. Is the problem? Yeah, it's probably too late at that point. But I, I honestly, like I said, thought it was decent. They the singing feels more joyous after that point and so Mm -hmm. does even the playing maybe just because the singing does um but yeah their their build i didn't think really worked yeah i agree there and it's uh, one thing i noted is that like does jack conti only have one setting on that fucking organ like (laughs) it is the same in every single scary pockets every single pomplamoose song that's the same keys doing basically the same pattern too just like boom boom it is, yeah, it's a very similar thing he's always doing, is, is yeah, that kind of, like, quick, um, I think it's a Rhodes organ of some sort. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, that sounds like what would be in his style of, like, cool. Yeah. And Not I that mean, Rhodes can, organs aren't cool. He can have cool, any but, organ he wants, because yeah. he's the CEO of... He's the CEO of Patreon. Of Patreon, which I assume pays well. I, yeah, probably. It's got to pay something, right? Um, but yeah, I thought questionable picks up in the back half. Yeah, that's a good take. But, I like the bass in this. Yeah, their they're listen to this is followed by a bass solo. Yeah, good choice. And because uh, that bass player is is bringing the funk, and he's bringing the kind of funk energy that everybody should be building on. The fact that he is the highest point in terms of energy is not good. Yeah, the bass is supposed to be the lowest point. Don't they know anything about frequency? Yeah, come on, guys. You got to rearrange um, the whole structure here. Yeah, and I, I just, I think you can kind of see what's happening, like in the, in the music video. It's also a little weird because they, all the guys who are playing their instruments, yeah, they're segregated. Of, yeah, there's like a barrier between them, mm-hmm. um, between the vocals and the and the instruments, and like, they're all very excited, but the the lyric, the the vocals don't really match that until you get into the second half yeah so i thought that was um a bit of a misstep and i'm just repeating myself at this point so no i think you're right (laughs) um i think maybe not much else to say on that one so fuck it there's a music video in the way they generally do music videos in that they're performing in a room and they're recording the song yeah I guess I will say, compared to the last, I think the last Pomplamoose song, it might have been Scary Pockets, actually, that we right. talked about, where we were like, they made some creative decisions that were not good. This one is just much more straightforward. Yeah. I <laughs> so feel... they don't do anything crazy to fuck it up. That's true, yeah. Oh, was the last one we did from them just a friend? I think it was. That's fuck, that was, that was legendarily bad. Yeah. Was... <laughs> um, but let's talk about Rascal Flats in 2018 instead, yeah. Alex. Let's talk about Rascal Flats. What's up with Rascal Flats? They're like, a, they're basically a cover band. Are they? they actually, ha- I mean, I didn't really look them up much other than the band. I know who they are because... Uh, they do that version of Life is a Highway that's in Cars. Yeah. And so they it was do that. popular around the time Cars came out. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kept... was me, no, so ahead. I was like, yeah. you know, this is actually a Tom Cochran song, everybody. Yeah, you fuckers. 
Tom Cochran, named after the small town just outside of Calgary. Uh, he but is Canadian. <laughs> he is that, if nothing else. Yeah, it's uh, so they, that's one of their big ones. And I was looking through their Wikipedia page, and every other song was like this cover of a country classic became big with Rascal Flatts, or like this one. And so they're basically just pop country. They have some original stuff, but it feels like a lot of their work is covers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really in the pulse of of country music. Country, in this like, I don't think poppy country. Anyone would mistake us for being on the pulse of country um, music, Alex. So the only thing I ever uh, heard from them is, yeah, yeah, Life is a Highway. Same here. Um, so that said, that's here's here's my cliff notes on this. Drop the auto tune in those vocals. That's your negative. Your positive. Um, I think their country rhythm goes really great here. Like they set up a good rhythm. Yeah, this is more of like a live thing of an audience mm-hmm. situation. You get everyone to clap along. Pretty solid. Yeah. Um, they got a decent little like uh, clavinet sound going on. Yeah. But this is also definitely, of all these covers, the closest to the original. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you- agree. The pitch correction is a bit, a bit heavy. Yeah, it's just like... I don't know. Come on, Rascal Flats. Surely you can sing. You make my dreams. Like you can pull this one out. Yeah, I would. I, they should be able to. It just ends up sounding like a Glee performance, is what that that auto tune sounds like. Oh, <laughs> well, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, that just hit me now, but it's <laughs> it has that vibe to it. So there is also a Glee mm-hmm. version of this song. That there is that too. It's like a medley of some other shit too. Yeah. Uh Jeez, Glee. Um, so yeah, I think I think their country rhythm really works. That it's it's good. It gives some of that like relaxed vibe that we talked about in the John Oates yeah, version. Kinda, it's got the bounce though. Yeah, while still having that poppy upbeatness to it. So I think they really nailed that. I think have a little more faith in your vocals. Yeah. That's my hot take. Is there anything else to say about this one, Alex? No, I like. I was kind of done by the time. Yeah. I, sometimes you hit this version, it's just like, fuck I'm this. Frasco like, Flats, <laughs> not into it. But it was fine. It, it was, was fine. fine. I'm trying not to judge this kind of, I, I was uh, like poppy country too harshly. So yeah. Like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I think I'm it was fine. I'm having trouble getting into uh, this this segment of the of the country genre. Yeah, maybe it's I'll get uh, there one day. We'll I mean, maybe see. it's not for you. Maybe it maybe is. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Maybe it's not. There's. I would hope there's there's something there. I hope so. But well, we got know. something here to talk about, and that's our final verdict, Alex. We got three categories: the worst version, the best version, and the version that Joseph Gordon-Levitt would like the most. <laughs> Uh, yes. The version that would play in the hit sequel, 500 Days of Autumn. 1,000 Days of Autumn. 1,000 Days of Autumn. Um, Alex, A Lifetime of Autumn is maybe the sequel. He he really, you know, locks it down. And then probably at the end, she, like, dies or something. She says, this truly is the winter of our lives or something. <laughs> Fucking passes away. Alex, what's the worst version of what's this? What's the worst version? Um, I am going to... Say, my worst version was, 
I didn't like Tyrone Wells. Tyrone Wells is my worst version. And that's, that's fair, because yeah. I am disqualifying Speedo Gang. Right. Because that's not a real cover. That's not true. But I'm disqualifying <laughs> them. Be- and I'm also ignoring Rascal Flats because I didn't really give them a chance. Sure. Fair. Um, so Tyrone Wells. Fair um, enough. I, it, it was a little too low energy without much, as far as I could tell, um, motivating it. Yeah, it was meandering. It was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Here's a tender version of a song, and it's like, ah, fuck I, you, I get out of here. I don't think it's impossible to do a slow, lower energy version of this song. It's no. difficult. I don't mm-hmm. think it's impossible. I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it at all. Um, that said, I'm going to give it to Speedo Gang, because I think even in their concept of <laughs> like what they are, they've failed, right? It's take a song and make it workout music. This song is less workoutable than the original, in my opinion. So <laughs> yes. you fucked up. I, you if failed. If I had disqualified them, I would have given it to them. I think I'm trying to meet them on their own grounds here, and I don't even think they succeeded in their goal. So it's the worst version. Tyrone Wells, a little lost, a little confused, but he could have pulled something out of there. I feel like he has some musical chops. I just think he's not applying them correctly in this version. Just didn't just didn't work just didn't come together yeah but he's, he's a close second for worst alex who's the best who's the best uh, i mean there were there were some decent ones but no one came close to john oates no not at all yeah uh he, <laughs> he crushed it he's the only one who crushed this week uh, yeah killer and we've talked about like artists who cover their own versions and maybe don't do a good job or you know yeah, just kind of like, phone it in the same thing yeah do whatever. the same thing but it's live or whatever yeah tom morello's on guitar this time yeah. like it that's not this this one is very good it takes a really cool approach to it that's based in his own musical stylings it's yeah. that's awesome from start to finish and feels like I mean, it doesn't feel like an evolution in terms of music, but feels like an evolution in terms of the story told mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I think so. I think that was, you got a good take on this version. I like that. Um, Yeah, awesome version. Alex, 1,000 Days of Autumn hits theaters. The The opening credits is playing, and it's a, a You Make My Dreams cover. Yeah, I'm, I feel like they would get the Pomplamoose cover. Ugh, you're probably right. And I, I think... I don't know. It's the one that feels the most appropriate mm. for a rom-com that's trying to be a little funky. Right. I think you're right. I think that really plays to the vibe of the original, at least my understanding from it from a distance. Yeah, what, how, how I consider the original with zero knowledge of, or very limited knowledge of the movie, having not seen it based on my snap judgment of what I think it might be like. And I'm pretty sure I'm getting it mixed up a little bit with Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I definitely can feel that, and uh, <laughs> I think you're justified in that. <laughs> I'm still going to say Pomplamoose. Ah, that's a good call. Um, I'm going to say, because I'm going to kind of lean into the what I understand of Hollywood, is we like a little grit when we bring something back after some years. We're oh. going Danielle Prue. We're starting dark. Oh, right. We're coming out of a bad... We're starting in a bad place. 1,000 Days of Autumn, she's going to be suffering from some kind of illness, and it's going to be the last, actually, 1,000 days. It's going to be like, oh, she's almost making it... It's going to be like Marley and Me, where you know the dog dies at the end, but this time, you know Autumn dies at the end. Yeah, and it's like, you're going to think... Or no, there's going to be a reveal that, like, oh, she's the candle who's being burned. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, I don't know, like... 
He just loves too hard or it's something. It's like a Watchmen situation, and like he's giving her cancer. Right. Oh yeah, like Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. Something like that. It's gonna You're be like, dark how did as I hell. Get radioactive. It's gonna cross over with that Watchmen HBO series. Yeah. Because you need cross promotions these days, and that's what's yeah. gonna be scoring it. Is you make my dreams. Streaming in Daniel Prue. Streaming in theaters this fall. Theming in the streeters. <laughs> that's it. For our final verdicts, we've got a similar opinion, different opinion. You want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GovernmentPod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes, which you can also email us at GovernmentPod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, freaking other ones. You know where we are. You found us the first time. You can find us again, but tell your friends how to find us. If they're picky about their podcast apps, you tell them. We're on all of them. We're wherever they want us to be. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, well, listen to Cover Me.